Hello and welcome. I'm Ian Gillies and welcome to the Hamilton Wealth Management Podcast 18 for September 2018. I'm joined by John Green who will discuss fixed interest and Will Hamilton who will discuss liquid investments and equity market outlook. Firstly, to you John, at our last investment policy board meeting we discussed fixed income returns. Would you comment on our view? Yeah, thanks Ian. Uh, our issue with fixed income at the moment is that the returns aren't commensurate with the risk. Um, Heuristic Investment Services have done some work on this. They're analysing the Australian bond market using regression analysis and they're forecasting a 10-year average return of just 2.8% uh, with a likelihood of 90%. Um, while we certainly believe that having defensive positioning in portfolios is important and we split this usually between fixed income and cash, given the returns on fixed income at the moment, you know, we'd argue that uh, having a higher weighting towards cash over fixed income makes makes better sense. Also for the correct clients, um, and provided they've got the right time frame and risk profile, illiquid investments should be considered. They can provide an enhanced yield and also the opportunity for capital appreciation. Thanks, John. Uh, Will, there's been increasing focus on the importance of private markets in portfolio management. Uh, would you comment and discuss? Sure, look, thank you. Um, due to low income returns from the public markets, um, especially fixed income, as John just mentioned, uh, on the back of low or even negative interest rates, um, investor appetite for liquid assets has increased exponentially. Uh, this is a global trend. Um, and with projected increases in interest rates, greater volatility on the back of geopolitical uncertainty and changing fiscal conditions, such as quantitative tightening, um, there's also this drive for a more certain income stream from investment assets. So this is where liquid investments um, have come into play. And you look for things like private equity, debt, real estate and infrastructure. I want to stress that these investments are for sophisticated investors only. And that's just that's the first thing. The second thing is that they must be appropriate for a client's risk appetite um, and taking into that cash flow requirements. Um, but for those that where that is right, it's worthwhile to consider these type of investments. So when we look at this, when I just to go back towards a risk profile, um, is that holding of an illiquid investment, is it appropriate even though the investment is locked up for several years? That's the first thing you've got to consider. And we make sure that we clearly communicate to the client that this is an illiquid investment in such a way as to ensure that the client has understood the point and remains comfortable with the investment. So I, I just want to sort of put that that cleansing factor out there. But we believe that illiquid investments do play a role for the right client. Investing is a patience game, um, as we've said many times. Um, there is value for clients who grasp the risk and timeframes and are prepared to be long-term investors. Investing a proportion of your portfolio in conservative, illiquid investments allows or possibly even forces you to be patient. Stay on board letting investment run, which in public markets is often not easy. So the main benefit for clients investing in private markets is that they gain access to investments that you wouldn't ordinarily get through the public markets. So private equity, both domestic and international, it's important to distinguish between traditional operational businesses and those that are more startup oriented, so that's important. Real estate, things like in syndicates or unlisted trusts that you are know, at specific sectors such as healthcare. Yield can be a driver, but also in some cases there can be development opportunities or changing the use of an asset due to excess land can provide um, opportunities. Infrastructure, uh, so strong yield, moderate capital growth uh, prospects, 
um, either debt or equity. Then you've got debt, pooled vehicles in a liquid debt. They've been common for several years domestically and in particular mezzanine debt and tier one capital. Um, but they've grown in popularity in the last 12 months. So the one thing we think is very, very important in private debt is the underlying asset quality. Does this exist? Um, so there's other areas in debt, such as bank loans, consumer finance, specific project financing. Uh, assessing the underlying risk, though, on all of these type of things is crucial. And then remembering anything with a lockup of 12 months or more should be considered a liquid. So the unique nature of an asset, or due to an asset's very large size, um, it can have less attractive liquidity attributes. Um, limited redemption opportunities annually or after a few years or at the termination of an investment period. Redemption proceeds upon redemption can also be paid out over a number of years in some cases as well. So looking at a risk profile of a client, the cash flow requirements in assessing a client's appetite for liquid investments, we also spend some time highlighting the liquid nature of the investment because we think it's very, very important to ensure that a client understands this and what it means to them. But if this is right, um, we have seen superior investment returns from a liquid investments. Thanks, Will. Uh, now to equities. The S&P 500 in the US has not fallen by more than 20% since the last recession and on 22nd of August just passed became the longest ever bull market. The question then is, how long will it last? Only we knew. Um, but look, at our recent quarterly investment policy board meeting, um, our asset allocation consultant, Heuristic Investment Services, pushed out the timing of a slowdown in US profits to the first half of 2020. So that's a push out by six months. So equity markets, I think everyone should remember, are forward looking. Therefore, if Heuristic is correct, you would expect to see the US equity indices to close lower at the end of the calendar year 2019 in anticipation of this slowdown in profits. However, just remember, six months ago, everyone was looking at that at the middle of 2019 for um, equity markets to start to, 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 to correct. So human nature, though, is always to look at the last correction being the GFC. I think that also must be stressed and to expect a repeat of that, uh, whereas it's never what happens. Um, this has been a long, shallow recovery. We expect any pullback to also be shallow, maybe 15, 20%, as we do not have the excess in the, excess in the system, as was evident a decade ago when we saw the GFC. I think another thing we also have been looking at um, when, when we last met as an investment policy board was emerging markets in light of the sell-off that we witnessed for much of this calendar year already. So in May of this year, we reduced our exposure to EM to neutral, having been overweight. EM valuations are 11.3 times forward PE compared to developed market valuations at 15.6 times. So that's a 25% discount to developed markets, whereas the long-term average discounts 20%, so you're actually below the long-term average. Um, so we think that at the moment, given that 70% of world growth is coming from emerging markets, if you look forward for the next decade, uh, that discount's excessive. Um, given the, the percentage of world growth. So we maintain our neutral position for emerging markets, but we are not opposed at all to letting portfolios run into overweight, uh, as we see EM appreciate from here. Thanks, Will. I'd like to thank uh, Will and John for their insights in today's podcast. As always, if you have any questions or would like a copy of our insight, please call us on 03 9275 8888. I'm Ian Gillies, and thank you for listening.